Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets Fantasy Football Edition. I am your host, Paul. This episode, I will be breaking down my quarterback tiers, off-season rankings, and fantasy draft philosophy. I will generally be following a PPR league format, so it is important to understand your own league's rules when evaluating players or comparing to my evaluations. Let's jump in. The tiers. These tiers don't represent the specific order of how I would rank a player. Rather, it helps me define who they are as a quarterback right now. The cream of the crop tier. I don't need to say much about these players as they have proven so much on the field and on our fantasy teams over the years. I have only three players in this group, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. If I told you one of these three won the season MVP, no one would be surprised. So we move on. The second tier. I needed this tier because there were three players who I really like but had questions about, but they were far better than what the other tiers represented. They are Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. The question I have about Hurts is, can he do it again without the offensive coordinator who really brought out the best in him? For Lamar, can he prove to be a viable pocket passer? And for Herbert, my issues rest with his receiving group, as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are aging and brittle, and the rest of the group haven't shown to be as dynamic. I personally would have no problems drafting any of these players, but I'm not as confident with them today as I would be with the cream of the crop tier. The we know who they are tier. This is an eclectic group of passers, ranging from top 12 quarterbacks to players who might have to play because of no other options on their team. These quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and backups Colt McCoy, Gardner Minshew, and Jacoby Brissett. With Cousins, Prescott, Geno, and Goff, you can draft these players and be fine at the QB position. You know they aren't going to bomb, but you also know they aren't going to blow the tops of anyone game in and game out either. Garoppolo is also on this list because we all know exactly who he is. And while he isn't as explosive as the top four mentioned, if he's healthy, he is a winner in this league, just not in fantasy football. McCoy, Minshew, and Brissett are only on the list because Kyler Murray is still coming off an ACL tear, and Minshew and Brissett are backups to two very raw prospects in Anthony Richardson and Sam Howell, respectively. The Are They Ascending tier. The players. Trevor Lawrence, Toa Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Justin Fields, Bailey Zappi, Sam Darnold. When looking to draft a backup quarterback, this is likely the group of players you will be looking to play on that one week your starter is on a bye. While you can make a case for each one as to why they are ascending, you could also provide as strong a case for the opposite. Is Doug Peterson the guy to lead Lawrence to stardom, or will he burn him out like he did Carson Wentz? Can Toa stay healthy and on the field, or are his injury issues going to derail his career? Will Mac Jones benefit from having a real offensive coordinator, or is he just a bad quarterback? Can the Giants continue winning with Daniel Jones throwing for only 3,200 yards and 15 touchdowns, 
Will there be a second-year bump for Pickett and Ritter? Can Fields continue to improve his accuracy? Will Zapier Darnold even start a game? The the on-the-way-out tier. This tier is the most fun for me because it holds one of the players I love watching lose the most, Russell Wilson. Joining him are Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, and Matt Stafford. Tannehill and Stafford both have had injury issues and both could end up on the bench by the end of the season. Aaron Rodgers feels like he's talking a big game, and while I do think he can lead the Jets to the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard to watch and not great for fantasy value. Russell Wilson is finished, so I don't even need to discuss it. But Derek Carr is the one player I struggled with putting on this tier and not placing him on the we-know-who-they-are tier because I don't know who he is right now. My personal feeling is signing with the Saints was a loser move. The Jets wanted to wait and see how the Aaron Rodgers situation played out, so he felt the need to immediately sign with the Saints. He does realize Washington will be starting either Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett, right? The Patriots will be starting Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, and Tampa Bay will be starting Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Carr had options, and he chose to sign with a sinking ship. He will be joining his brother as an analyst sooner rather than later. The Prove It To Me tier. This is mostly for rookies and potential first-year starters who've had little playing time and one Trey Lance who likely won't get starting time again. This list is as follows. Sam Howell, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Jake Hayner, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, Kyle Trask, and Trey Lance. In a standard draft, there is no reason to draft these guys unless you believe in drafting backups. The Prove It To Me Again tier. This is for the quarterbacks who have shown a skill set but either need to prove it wasn't a fluke or need to regain that magic. The players are Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray. Brock Purdy is coming off an improbable rookie season, but there is a reason he was drafted with the last pick in the draft. Can he continue to elevate his game? Baker Mayfield is on his fourth team in three years. Can he refine that fire and leadership? Deshaun Watson will be starting the season for the first time in three years for a team that has playoff aspirations. Can he work through fan vitriol and regain his previous skill set? And finally, the little bitch of the group, Kyler Murray. Can he lead a team? His skill set is incredible. His intangibles are embarrassing. Three of these players can help guide their teams back to the playoffs, but will they? Now on to my quarterback rankings. This is my current fantasy rankings of the top 24 quarterbacks in the NFL as of the end of May. Once training camp begins and preseason games are played, players can and will move around. But this is my baseline for evaluation. Players 1 through 4. This group is largely interchangeable from a fantasy value. You can make the argument for each, and I wouldn't hate it. They are Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Hurts. If you need their first names, perhaps look into other ways to spend your money. Players 5 through 8. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, 
Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins. When you consider the accomplishments of Jackson and Herbert, and then consider the players surrounding Lawrence and Cousins, this is a solid group. I will be keeping Lawrence in one of my leagues, so there was a lot of self-reflection and ego I had to put aside, but with Calvin Ridley coming into the mix and a weak AFC South, Lawrence could finish in the top five in fantasy PPR scoring, but I am taking a risk with him. I had Herbert, but traded him and Pollard for Kittle and A.J. Brown. Now with Cousins, I feel his primetime record is overblown, and while I don't think Minnesota will go 13-4 and again, it will mostly mean he will need to be throwing the football more to Jefferson and rookie Jordan Addison. Players 9-12. through 12. Dak Prescott. Tua Tungavailoa, Jared Goff, and Deshaun Watson. We're now getting into sink or swim level of quarterback play, but with plenty of upside. Prescott still is a strong receiving group, and Brandon Cooks might have finally gotten onto a team that can use him. Tungavailoa, if healthy, has two of the most dynamic receivers in the game, and if rookie running back A-Shane can expose defenses, this could be a scary offense. Jared Goff really seemed to come into his own last year, and with more skilled players, he has an opportunity to lead Detroit to a much elusive playoff spot. And Deshaun Watson. Before his team and league suspension, he was one of the most exciting players in the league. With a full offseason and practice leading up to the first game, he has the skills to be a fine fantasy producer. Players 13 through 16. Justin Fields, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love. When Justin Fields is healthy, he is someone who can score from anywhere on the field. And with better players and O-line help, he could be a fantasy nightmare. Geno Smith isn't as exciting, but has a plethora of exciting players around him. If he just runs the offense week in and week out, he will be as consistent of a fantasy QB as they come. Brock Purdy. Once he took over in Week 13, he averaged two passing touchdowns per game with the ability to run in short yard situations as well. He doesn't have the skill set of the other throwers in this group, but has the best offense in this group. Jordan Love. I only place Love here because I haven't seen enough of him to place him higher than anyone else at this point. But I am high on him and would not be surprised if he not only was a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but helps Green Bay win the NFC North, which would crack me up. Players 17 through 20. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Rather than speak about each quarterback, I'll speak about them all in general. They don't scare me. And I know I'm doing some of them dirty, but this isn't my final ranking, so I don't care. In two years, none of these guys will be starting quarterbacks and three will be out of the league. Jets, Rams, Saints, Raiders will all be drafting quarterbacks in the first round in the next two seasons, all four of them in the top ten. There is short-term fantasy value here, but my God, none of these players should be drafted as starting quarterbacks. 20 through 24. Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter. Kenny Pickett will be a nice quarterback, in 2024. Daniel Jones should have been released and the Giants should have signed either Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo for half the cost. Mac Jones will start one more game than Bailey Zappi 
and Desmond Ritter is on a team that wants to run the ball 75% of the time. On to my quarterback draft philosophy. Drafting at the quarterback spot is not easy, regardless of what type of league you are in. Quarterbacks are regarded as the most important position in football, and I'd say in all of sports. However, in fantasy, they are largely nerfed, but the stigma of their importance is often too hard to pass up. But if you can, it will be better for you. I'll go into greater detail later, but here are some of the different league types. Dynasty Keeper versus Redraft. If you're in a dynasty league or a league that keeps multiple players, then getting your quarterback is more important than a standard league where the entire roster is redrafted every year. Quarterbacks have a longer lifespan than other positions, so getting your quarterback early can help you build your roster over a couple of seasons. In a league where you redraft your roster every year, the position is less important than even your second running back. You can wait to get a strong quarterback well into your draft without much drop-off in overall fantasy value. Now, if you have an opportunity to draft a Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, a Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, I don't mind taking it. However, you can almost get the same production from Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, or Tyreek Hill and Tonga Vailoa. For my money, I'd prefer to grab Jefferson in the first round, and maybe Austin Eckler in the second round, then grab Cousins in the third or fourth round, depending on how running quarterbacks goes. One QB starter league versus two QB starter. For the one QB league, just review the previous league type. However, when you are able to play two quarterbacks, everything changes. The reason I gave my quarterback rankings earlier was to illustrate this point. Even if you don't care for my rankings, when you get to the bottom 8-12 of what would normally be starters in a normal league, you don't want to have to have both of your quarterbacks in the bottom half of the rankings. Drafting slash wavering for a backup second starter. For me, this is the meat and potatoes of the quarterback position. This is a roster spot, and I will cover more of this in my fantasy draft day guide, but who you draft as a starter will determine how you handle the backup or second QB position. My philosophy in a one QB league is to only draft one QB. I will typically wait until the 5th or 6th round to draft a QB. And if all the other owners in the league have drafted their starters by then, I might wait longer if I still have a couple of players I really like and can rely on. Now it is a slippery slope. You have to know the QBs you'd be willing to draft in this scenario. But if you have two or three guys you feel you can win with, you have time. But don't get greedy. If you have your starting wide receivers and starting running backs, then you should play it by round on your quarterback. However, doubling up is a major part of fantasy football, but not all double-ups are equal. As I mentioned, I prefer a double-up on Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins over Diggs and Josh Allen because I know I can get Cousins in the third round or later, which again allows me to grab a running back earlier. Grabbing your first running back in the third round or later is highly risky, but that is what you are leveraging by grabbing those players and very few opportunities allow you to do so. If you don't get one of those few opportunities, don't force it. Grab your running back, grab your wide receiver, and move on. Don't compound the mistake by drafting Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford in the first two rounds. I don't like drafting a second quarterback, as I'd rather wait and grab one on waivers. 
this leaves a roster spot for me to draft an extra wide receiver or running back. You never know who you're going to hit on once you get into rounds 10 and beyond. And the more shots you take, the better leverage you have for making trades or covering positions that are a hit by injuries or ineffectiveness. Now in a two-quarterback league, it is this is a little bit more delicate. Typically, everyone drafts a quarterback in the first round, and some grab their second QB in the second round as well. I would probably go running back with my second pick, but in a two-QB league, I don't hate anything you do in the second round. This does conclude my fantasy evaluation of quarterbacks and a bit of my philosophies when drafting at the position. Next episode, I will be covering wide receivers in fantasy and my philosophy at that position. Until next time, this is Paul for the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets.